You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. Uh, and who, sir, on the other end are you? Fred, I'm your producer. My name is Matt Duncan. How are you doing today? You're feeling better. We were, uh, you were off sick last week. We didn't tell anybody. We just let it happen. Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> People were wondering where we were. Uh, that's what it was. Fred got super sick. Yeah, I uh, I had a gastro flu, uh, which is uh, I mean it's it's just bad. I'm not gonna lie. It was I'm not really laughing. Intense. Sorry, no, it's terrible. We've all been there. Yeah, don't laugh at me, man. That's no, sorry up. about that. Um, but um, if you hear anything in the background, I am uh, a dog sitting, and the dog just got here today, so I'm hoping it doesn't freak out. Oh, I did hear a howl. Yeah. There's a bit of a howl. There's a bit of a whine. <laughs> Um, it's tumultuous times for, for the Raptors, uh, and it's exciting times, you know, it's, a uh, a pretty unique situation, uh, I think during the Maasai era. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Uh, I know our guests are going to bring it and, yeah. uh, I'm really excited to get to them. All right. But, uh, um, you know, Maddie, before we do that, uh, is there anything uh, you feel like you want to say before we kind of bring the guests on? Oh, no. I think this is going to air after the live show. The live show sold out. So when you're hearing this, hopefully, if you were at the show, you had a fantastic time and you went through all the emotions with all the great guests. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to book it there right after I record. Uh, so hopefully I will see some of you there. Um, but uh yeah, thanks for joining. We are Raptors slash NBA pod. We're hardcore fans. Let's bring on guest number one. Um, been maybe a couple months or so since he's done the podcast. Uh, one of the funniest people I know. Uh, one of the best producers in the entire city. Amazing improviser. Uh, just incredible dude all around. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Matt McCready. website that was uh, oh. i really like the battle cry i feel like you know you use the same voice or the same guttural tone it would take to like move Dwayne casey's rock uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that's you have to scream that loud to move that rock i think yeah i was doing a little bit of a stone cold steve austin type of voice and his biggest rival was the rock so this is a perfect analogy yeah, great tie-in. Oh, my um, God. We're kicking it already, man. Yeah. This is awesome. 
Uh, just quick Stone Cold Steve Austin aside, one of my favorite <laughs> moments of anything I've ever seen is when he showed up as a milkman and chugged a bunch of milk in the ring and sprayed people with milk. Uh, oh yeah, check it out. It's weird. If it's you weird. like, if you like sports, you'll love professional wrestling. Yeah, you love get people getting hosed down with milk. Um, all right, let's uh, let's bring on guest number two. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've had him on, um, and yeah, he's uh, one of my favorite Raptors people. Uh, just incredible uh, comedian as well. Uh, you know, if you've seen him, you know him. He's absolutely hilarious. Uh, we'll do some plugs uh, later on. I forgot to ask him. I, I think he's coming from Queens. Might be wrong, uh, but give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Alex Pavone. <laughs> yeah, Stone Cold's woven into everything at this point. <laughs> so I didn't know. First of all, congratulations. Um, you guys are big time now. You got an intro. I haven't been on the show since you had the video intro and yeah. a sold out show, man. Unbelievable. No wonder it's been it's taken me two years to get back in here. You guys are moving on to bigger and better things. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just humbled to be back here with the boys after some incredible strides over the last couple of years. So thanks, uh, man. Yeah. Kudos to you, buddy. And I didn't know Stone Cold chugged milk. I thought it was beer. I must have missed that Monday night. No, rock. he usually chugged beer. It was a. Yeah. I thought he sprayed people with the with the beer thing. He did. He did. Okay. Okay. There's a twist on his usual antics. All right. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why. Yeah. Anyways, um, wrestling's weird and amazing. Uh, there's okay. There's so much Raptor stuff to talk to. Let's get right into it. Matty D, good sir. All of our sound effects now are Weird Al based. <laughs> so please give me your weirdest Weird Al Raptors sting. Treat me, treat me, my friend. Wow. wow. That's a new one. That's a new weird out trade. I think it was. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think he spoofed a Nirvana song. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you think? Because <laughs> you made it? Um, that's I don't know. That's a very pokeroo energy. I think Weird Al was just there singing trade. Me. Weird. Uh, no, it's a Nirvana thing. No, yeah. you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, shout out Daniel Radcliffe. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's go to you first, uh, Pavone. Um, we're gonna get to what will they do, uh, but yeah, let's just open it up. Uh, you know, I I mean, I don't even have to tell people how disappointing of a season it's been, but it, <clears throat> you know, the reasons, excuses, none of that really matters. We're here. We're at the trade deadline. We're five games under five hundred. Um, what do you think the Raptors should do? Uh- they're not going to win anything this year. They definitely need depth. That any anytime I'm tuning into the Raptor game, they got the, the the big boys playing heavy minutes, and just a serious lack of depth. Then obviously, you know, we need a, a big. We need a big because once we get to that next level, you're going to have to deal with Embiid and Giannis, and you're going to need you know someone. Obviously, nobody could match those guys, mm-hmm. but there needs to be some sort of interior presence. Um, but I, I think it's depth first interior presence um, second, but I, I think you're going to need to start, you know, taking the pressure or taking the minutes off your main guy. So I think depth's the main thing. Cause like, you know, I, I don't like talking shit about like professional athletes. These guys are incredible, but mm-hmm. you look at, at Flynn and, and you're like, man, man is this guy, 
this guy feels lost every game type thing. And I, again, I'm not sma- I'm not um, you know bashing him. I am, I guess, bashing him. But I mean, hey, you bash know, him a little. It's all right. I'll, I mean, it, just what what do we have bench wise? <clears throat> you know, and and you know, Banton might get some get some time. He should get some time. Like people maybe need to start getting some time based on uh, maybe losing some players, right? I, I think maybe that could be something like addition by subtraction type thing, but definitely the depth is the main thing that, that they got to do. They got to, they got to build on that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I've been wrong about a bunch of things this Raptor season. Um, I've referred to this regular season team as a uh, juggernaut, even um, <laughs> a juggernaut, and, Fred, a juggernaut, okay. uh, you know, and uh, I think the redundancy on the bench is, is a major thing. Um I feel like before I get to Matt, I'll say I I also feel like chemistry in general is sort of there's a lot of different things that have gone on, but, you know, gone poorly this season. And I'm not even talking about the like unlucky stuff. I mean, just like core problems, like evaluating this team. And I think uh, obviously the Raptors are sort of being swarmed right now with, you know, depending how you look at it is an opportunistic good thing, or it's like a sign of, of things that have gone poorly, right? Like would OG's name be, uh, you know, in the trade market in the same way that it is now, if the Raptors were, you know, weren't performing so poorly, I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe still. Right. But I think, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, it, it's chemistry all around. And for me, that actually extends to the, the first unit as well. Like, I think, of course, this team needs depth and more versatility off the bench. But I also do feel like there's an it's, it's not as if the starters are, are blowing people out and then the bench is coming in and losing the lead. So I think kind of up and down the roster, it, you know, it, it's I was, I was saying this uh, to a friend the other day. Like, I don't think the people in this. Um, on this team, I don't think they hate each other, but I do think that there is just like, you know, there's the lack of chemistry. They're, they're not clicking. And, uh, you know, we've talked about nurse a ton on this podcast and sort of his uh, shortcomings. But I think that aside, there is still is a lack of chemistry and lack of, you know, even individual performances don't seem to matter that much because there's not a lot of cohesiveness going on. So uh, yeah, I'll say, I feel like there needs to be, one, two, or three, you know, big shakeups. And, and I don't know exactly what that means, but um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get, I'm going to give Matt the floor here, but we'll, we'll kind of keep talking here for a sec. Um, Matt, what do you think the Raptors should do? Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you referred to them as a, a juggernaut, but they kind of, this season reminded me of juggernaut from the X-Men cartoon <laughs> who always looked really strong, but you knocked his helmet off and then he was just toast. Uh, yeah. Like, that's not a bad comparison. Yeah. I don't know what the helmet is in this analogy for the Raptors team this year, but it's definitely something. Maybe it's just the, I mean, Zach Lowe described it as like, you know, um, uh, OG likes to kind of dribble and pound it, and like Siakam yes. likes to go some guys and pound it, and Barnes likes to do that and pound it. Uh, Fred likes to dribble. Like Gary can be a catch and shoot guy, but also likes to play off the ball. There's just like a lot of guys that just need the ball yeah. uh, to move around. Uh, if we had a bench, you could kind of like um, you know just rotate those guys a little bit, so that's not as much of an issue. But Nurse is mm-hmm. pretty intent to play all five of them at the same time for at least 36 minutes a game. Uh, yeah, what should they do at the deadline? Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we've seen this Raptors 
team. I don't know. We, we had that championship, which was so glorious, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I can kind of live in that uh, sun for at least a couple more years. I wouldn't mind if they just kind of like, uh, you know, set these players off to go do other things. Like I would love, I, I mean, I would love to see Siakam on another team and like in the playoffs and doing things. I'd be intrigued to see what Fred Van Vliet would do in a different environment. Uh, OG, who knows, man, if I, OG went to Memphis, fuck man, I'd be watching Memphis games like crazy to see how that would go. So, right. you know, there's other things we can do as basketball fans for the rest of this year as we like kind of go through the uh, nihilistic viewings of a team that might go into a tank. Uh, but, you know, well, uh, so I kind of, you know, if the offers are there to move them, that's great. OG and Pascal, you it got, might make sense to sit on them because all these teams have hope going into the playoffs. And in the offseason, hope is gone. People are living in their defeat. So that's when you might right. be able to get a huge haul for them. Uh, but when it comes to Gary and Fred, I would be pretty um, aggressive about moving them. And then for the rest of the year, run the team through Precious, run the team through Scotty, see what you got there, see what you got with Banton, see what you got with these other guys. And, uh, you know, you know, we I, I don't think we could have done the Kawhi trade if we didn't trade Bargnani back in the day. We had that Pirtle piece and we were able to flip it. And, you know, four years from now, if Barnes is one of the best players in the league and we have all these picks from this deadline and we can go out and get someone who's available at that time. John Moran, who the hell knows, right? Who knows what's going to the league will bring us in three years. And hey, if we have Victor Rambanyama, we can start planning championships again. I love it when the city loves basketball. (laughs) I love it when it's the hottest thing in town and not just a weird thing that me and my friends whisper about in a corner while ruining the conversation that's happening at the table you know uh anyhow that's my thoughts yeah lots of good points there and you know i think what i sort of like i i don't know i don't want to paraphrase you too much but i feel like there there is a sense of opportunity right now and um i i know that i definitely i want their you know i i feel like messiah is nothing if not opportunistic right so um I think that there's opportunity here, even with, uh, yeah, like an underperforming season. Uh, and yeah, as far as like, you know, building around Barnes or whatever, I don't think that, I mean, I, I've said before, but like, I really feel like, you know, uh, you're not, you're not sure what you have with Barnes and you still want to figure that out, of course, but like, should they build around him? I, I think yes, but like they should also build him up at the same time and not kind of overburden him. But also at the same time, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of players right now who I think uh, have question marks. And I want to touch on your point with um with, with OG and the and the offseason. Uh I I really think that uh as far as like you know, what should the Raptors do? If some of these New Orleans Memphis rumors are true. Uh, those teams are absolutely loaded with assets. So yeah, I love Dyson Daniels, man. I think that guy is pretty cool. Yeah, um, totally. Like, you know, I think getting another non-shooter on the team would be hard, but also at the same time, I, you know, if OG, if you can turn OG into several players, um, yeah, maybe there's a kind of like a Rudy Gay comparison there or, you know, just start to kind of spin that asset, right? Like, uh, you know, several players in a pick or several players in two picks or whatever it might be. Um, before we move on to what we will do, uh, Alex, any comments on that? Like sort of like, you know. Yeah, I was going to just touch up, touch on anything, uh, 
that I missed in, in the next segment because I feel like that that's going to be a long one. But sure. yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm definitely with you guys. Um, you know, B- Barnes, just with Barnes, like he, he still has things. He has, he's not like a surefire superstar yet. No, but you know, when you watch that Memphis game the other night, he, yeah. he wants to take over. And that's one thing that he had, that he possesses that you can't really teach. Like just because you have that potential and you have that talent, you still need to want to take over games and be that number one guy. And he does have that. He definitely has that. But again, like you said, everybody needs to improve. Everyone has work to do. And yeah, he still has a lot of things to do offensively to every, in every aspect of his game, of course. But the thing with Barnes is like, you know, that guy wants to be the number one. And that's, that's one thing that not every team has. So he would, he would, I would be very, very reluctant to want to move him for sure. Oh yeah. I I mean, Barnes likes to be, Barnes is an alpha. And I think that like Freddie alluded to maybe chemistry issues a little bit earlier. And you have Mm -hmm. like two guys who are in a contract year. Um, You have OG who wants a bigger slot. Pascal seems to be a pretty model citizen, but regardless, like you have those three guys and you have this like young guy who's getting every single commercial opportunity and uh, is like, you know, not a wilting flower. Who's going to like bow to everything that everyone will say on the team. You know, like it's uh, (laughs) in retrospect, maybe it was obvious that the Raptors might have some problems in that regard going into the year, but it's just been chemistry has just been not an issue for so long, you know? It's true. Yeah, no, and I think um, there's definitely a leadership void with Kyle, right? And, you know, I'm sure Fred has some leadership. Pascal has some lead by example stuff. But, uh, you know, even actually, I think what's interesting with this season is most recently, you know, I feel like we've seen Scotty and Fred play quite well together uh, in the pick and roll and kind of like fill in the gaps. And it seems like whatever sort of invisible struggle was going on between them, you know, that seems like it's faded a little bit. Uh, but also, you know, to your point, I do think Barnes is a presence. I do, you know, he he is like a, a I'm a number one guy. Like his fourth quarters are have been special, right? He's had a lot of special fourth quarters. I think that's a good point because like you that's that's a good problem. Like that's good growing pains in an in an organization when your your second year guy, you know, rookie of the year is wants to take the bigger step and then the other guys are like well you know what about me where's my piece but that's that's a better problem than him going the other way and taking a back seat in my opinion whether there's tension from his growth maybe who knows but if if that's the case i'll take that i will take a guy wanting to be the number one maybe a little bit too early rather than him shying away and not being that guy who wants to take that next step Oh hell yeah! Yeah, brother. <laughs> is that is that Stone Cold? I haven't had in years. Slap to a Slim Dream three sixteen, brother. Yeah. That's, that's macho, man. You, you got three guys going in there. Uh, they get a little Hulk Hogan in there too. Yeah, so when you throw in the brother, I feel like you're you're many different wrestlers at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Let's let's move on to. Um, yeah, uh, what will the Raptors do? Um, uh, I think. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways to slice this. Uh, I, I've, I've been looking at Masai Ujiri's uh, track record as a GM. And, yeah, lots of different types of deals. Some in the season, not too much right at the deadline, but also some. Um, I, I also feel like he's pretty comfortable 
uh, re-signing guys. Uh, but that there's there's a multiple examples of that failing. Um, you know, obviously, like you know, Kawhi, Gasol, uh, Surge. There's all uh, multiple examples of that succeeding. Uh, Kyle, uh, Pascal. Uh, Demar. So, you know, I, I think it really depends, Fred. I think it depends on his relationship with the player and their relationship with the franchise. Also, um, it's it's impossible to determine what the market is going to be, right? You know, I remember uh, with, with Norman Powell, part of the deal there was you, you wanted to, you know, you didn't think you're going to be able to pay him $24 million. And he signed, a, I think it was like an $18 million contract. Uh, same as Gary Trent, only longer, right? So I think that's an example of uh, at least a, like a market projection miscalculation. So I think, you know, that really comes into play with Fred. Uh, that really comes into play with Gary, of course. Um, OG is a different story. OG is, I think, more of an opportunistic scenario. Um, and, and and for me, as far as what they will do, I do think that Pascal and, and Barnes uh, and, and Precious is so, you know, it does, doesn't really deserve mention because it's his contract, but I think Pascal and, um, and Barnes are, are pretty, pretty much in the untouchable camp, uh, trading a guy like Pascal, you would need like such a monster haul. And I don't know who's going to give that up. And I also feel like that's just, I, I don't really see the reasoning for it. Uh, particularly since you don't have to pay Barnes massive money until, you know, for another like five, six years. Um, but yeah, we'll do, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll save some of my, I'll save some of my takes, but let's go to you first, McCready. Um, you know, yeah, we know what we, we all sort of talked about like what we should do. Uh, what do you think they're going to do? <laughs> Probably nothing. Uh, just kind of like that, not nothing. I don't think they'll do. They might. I know they've done they that before. Do nothing. Like, it will be very kind of <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, if they do nothing, it will feel pretty underwhelming. Uh, I think a lot league wide, it might feel underwhelming if they do nothing. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, so you look at the moves that Masai makes at the deadline, and they're usually like relatively simple deals, right? Yeah, it's like uh, Gary for Norm straight up. You know, like not too complicated. Uh, PJ Tucker for two seconds. It's like that. I'm sure he presented that for a week and a half. And then right at the deadline, uh, Phoenix took that trade at the last moment. Right. Uh, so the Raptors have so many different things. Masai's, Masai's deliberate, which is great. I don't know if it's not good for making a ton of deals at the deadline. Um, if you need mm-hmm. to do that, and so I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing, but it's just it doesn't seem conducive to that. I could be completely wrong here, right? Um, no, that's yeah. fair. His his big deals have been in the summer, right? Kawhi, Barnyani, um, totally. Like I'm I'm imagining like different yacht trips, some like espressos, <laughs> long conversations back yeah. and forths. You know, uh, maybe he drops in on someone's wedding. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't see them doing too much. If they do. Siakam, I don't see it happening. If it does, I think it's probably going to be for Aiden with that um, uh, new owner in Phoenix, like Aiden Mm -hmm. and some picks or something. I could see them like wildly going into that direction. I don't think it's likely. Um, OG, I think they're only going to trade if they get a haul. Like, again, they could trade him the offseason. Gary, I honestly have no track on what they're going to do. He seems like the most likely guy to go, but maybe Fred's the most likely guy to go. I don't know. Probably one of those two are most likely to go. Boucher, if they get something for him, I could see him being on the move. But he makes – 
his contract not ending after this year makes him, I think, a little bit harder to move uh, unless it's to a team that won't isn't projected to have cap space. So, uh, and when it comes to like Malachi and guys like that, I can only see them being thrown in if they need the salaries or the roster right. spots or whatever. Um, yeah, very, very fair. I, you know, I think fans expecting fireworks, you know, you generally haven't gotten that from Masai uh, or Bobby uh, at that deadline. Like that's just kind of not how they roll. They do make big moves. Uh, but I think a lot of the hugest moves we saw from them, uh, was early in Masai's tenure, right, with Rudy Gay, Bargnani, et cetera. And then after that, it was, like, mostly tinkering as they slowly got better and, like, built up a ton of assets. And I, I think, you know, it, it's not crazy to say that they, they do not have a ton of assets. They have a lot of, like, starter-level players that teams who want to go over the top want. Um, what those teams are actually willing to give up, you know, is a different different story. Um but yeah, what, what do you think is going to go down for the Raptors at the deadline, Alex? So much stuff's going through my head, so I'm just trying to make it as you know not not as convoluted as possible. Hey, I, what convoluted. they sh- what they should honestly do is either Fred or OG should go. They have the most value. Um, they're so this the league right now is is. It, it, it's a little, it's a little crazy. And like, if you add yeah. a Fred or an OG to a Phoenix, a Memphis, a, a Denver, a, a New Orleans, they they could be elevated to, you know, a championship caliber. Mm-hmm. So like, this is a weird year for the Raptors because I don't think the last. I know Masai usually is patient. He, him and Bobby, they they they're not too crazy emotionally. When it comes at the trade deadline, they don't rush things. They don't force things. But this year seems different. Like outside of that bubble year, or I believe it was the year after the bubble when we got Barnes, right? It was we. There was the bubble year. There was Tampa. And then we got Barnes. Okay. Well, that year, that Tampa year didn't count, right? Because we were in Tampa. We were like, you know, we couldn't expect much from these guys. There was COVID. We couldn't get into a flow. This year, we've seen the flow. And mm-hmm. it's time now. It's time to move on and 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 sort of break this team up or the key guys who we did have during the run a little bit after the run. I, I think we could get some value. There's 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 value from these guys. OG and Fred specifically. I love Gary Trent. I think Gary Trent, he stays. He comes off the bench. He's a sniper. He's tough. He's young. You probably won't have to pay him as much. I think you keep a guy like Gary Trent because it's not going to take m- much if we keep Pascal and Barnes to get this team competitive again. And if you personally, Gary Trent and precious, those guys are like glue guys and energy guys who I think you need that will complement a a, a team moving forward. But Fred's getting older. Is he a legit starting point guard? He's getting injured a lot more now. He has value on a team like Phoenix, and we could get a lot of stuff back. And OG too, he's a he's a great defender. He could hit shots. He's big. Like, does he even want to be here? These two guys, I think, have value, and I think we should move them. Truly, whether they're going to do it or not, I don't know. Those are my two guys that I think should go. Uh, yeah, I mean, so 
I, I think w- one thing I'll, I'm going to start here with what I think is actually going to happen. Um, I think the Western Conference is, uh, you know, forever we've talked about it in the league East versus West. It's wide open. And, and it's bad, right? Like the teams aren't, yeah. aren't very good, right? I think you, you look at New Orleans, you look at Dallas, just made a big move. The Clippers are like four games over 500. Um, Phoenix is bad. LA is bad. Um, you know, the, you have the Grizzlies and you have the Nuggets uh, are fantastic teams. And then you have the Kings who are just sort of like happy to be – not bad. Um, and then we got Dallas, <laughs> obviously, but we got yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Dallas, you know, they've made their move. Maybe they'll make some like they, minor moves, sort of thing. Move. Um, and, I was and so they, hoping that the uh, Raptors are going to make a play for Keegan Murray earlier in the season. He was struggling, but now, now he's doing too good. They're no, not going to move him. No, he's good. That guy's good. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's uh, so so. Yeah, I, I think that based on you know, yeah, but you know, Memphis, New Orleans. Um, Phoenix, I do think that there is a real chance for like a bidding war type scenario. Uh, so I, I kind of think one of um, Fred or OG will be moved. And I also think that uh, there, you know, anything's possible with the bench. I think they're going to try and flip and move around as much of the bench, you know, as feasibly possible. But I think for Masai and Bobby, this will be, it won't be as explosive as, you know, the rumors are, you know, uh, sort of like making it out to be. But I do think that they're going to look at this year and they're going to say, um, you know, we, we've already lost out on the whatever, like, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with the four worst teams in the league. But also, uh, you know, we don't care that much whether we're in the play-in. So this could be a similar year to when we got Barnes. Um, and, and also on, on top of that, uh, if we do make the play in, we don't care if we have like, a, if we draft ninth or 10th or 11th, that's a pretty decent, you know, that's pretty decent pick, but I do think that they've seen enough chemistry wise. And, and to your Gary point, you know, you're building a team around, uh, Scotty, right? I think you get, you know, he's, he's at this point in his NBA career, like, you know, pretty horrible three point shooter. It's not and, good. He's below, he's below uh, 30% or 300%, whatever, like however you I think about that. So he's, he's not a shooter. doesn't mean he won't be, but you know, you want shooters. You want him. He's got to be able to pass people the ball and for them to shoot. Um, you know, precious is not yet a shooter. I think he's like 32% in his career. Pascal's like 34%, you know, so also not really, you know, Pascal's below average still. So I, I think you want shooters. Um, and I think, there's a good chance that, you know, we move uh, my sort of call is I think that we're going to move OG for as many shooters as we possibly can. Um, and I think we're also going to move the bench around. Uh, Memphis has a lot of young shooters on their uh, roster. They drafted. They do shooters. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, I think so Memphis, do the Pelicans was sort of the Pelicans. And, and I think I, I don't see the Pelicans moving Trey Murphy three. Like, I think if they get OG, they want Trey Murphy there because they have Zion. Zion's the same thing as a, you know, he's obviously a supersized uh, Barnes in terms of what he brings to the table. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And yeah, I, but my thing was sort of, um, the, the I really think there's something there with New Orleans uh, and with Memphis is I feel like both of those teams, they're looking around and they're like, we're, you know, New Orleans to a lesser extent, but like, like hey, we're pretty good with Zion we want to keep this guy here as long as possible. You know, you're already seeing it with, with Luca and, and Dallas. And then I think, uh, you know, with jaw, 
you're you're right there. You're 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 you are a contender. You you want to win with job. Memphis is the smallest market in the league. So I think those three teams, um, you know, they want to be aggressive with those young superstars. And I think uh, Phoenix is in the mix too because Phoenix too. Sorry, yes. Booker sure. Booker has been hurt too. So you know, having an injury. Having injuries like Zion and Booker, they're like, well, when we're getting these guys back, it would be nice to have some yeah. more pieces coming back. So they're they're not as obviously they're they're not as good as they they are, but a lot of that is because Zion because of their injuries right now. So I think these guys mm-hmm. are going to be aggressive, man. And, and and good good call on Phoenix. I was totally leaving leaving them out. Obviously, last year was a disappointment, but they made the finals two years ago. Booker is so young, right? You know. And we yeah, also just saw what uh, what happened in Minnesota when they got new owners, right? They did a crazy, crazy went thing. Uh, so it's very possible that they could just chuck a bunch of shots. Maybe, like, you know, we're talking about the bad blood that happens in uh, Toronto this year, but, like, look at Chris Paul. He never lasts more than two years with a team without pissing off every single other member of the team. Yeah, so maybe, I know. He's, maybe if the Raptors do move Siakam, maybe it's Paul that comes back in that deal. We reroute Paul somewhere else, you know? Maybe Paul ends up going to the Clippers, right? Um, you know, because, like, you know, if, if – Sure, in theory, you know, um, uh, Phoenix will need another ball handler. But, I mean, like, you'll have Booker and you'll have Siakam. You'll have 48 minutes of main uh, offense creation there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you you, you brought it up before, uh, uh, Matt. But I, I think, you know, the Raptors as, like, a third party, that's definitely, like, you know, that that reeks of Bobby and Masai to me. Like, they're, yeah. they, they love sort of participating – um, in, in kind of like that, like, you know, I don't know, uh, what's the word for it, but like, yeah, that, that third party team where there's sort of like, there's three teams and there's kind of more shuffling assets, but, uh, I heard they yeah. were trying to do that with, uh, with, the, with, with Kyrie, with that deal, they were trying to get involved mm-hmm. in like a third party thing. So there's probably value in that third party thing. Um, obviously if, if he's sure. trying to get involved and he does it, he, you know, he tries to do it a little bit. Uh, it's a sharp guy. So I'm, I'm sure there's value in that. Yeah. Crazy year. Um, yeah, and also it it's, it, it's going to be, yeah. I mean, this next, whatever, 48 hours is going to be insane and, uh, and fun, but um, yeah. I, I mean, just I, think with, sorry, last thing with sure, OG sure. is like, we've just heard so much OG chatter over the last couple months. It's like where there's smoke, there's fire. There's, I think so. there's gotta yeah. be something there to it. Whether he's unhappy for real or, you know, he's just not uh, just frustrated with his role and then add the, his value and how you know well he's played defensively this year and stuff. I, I think that's the guy that's probably going to go. And then Fred, too. I could see them both going, honestly, truly. Masai likes to do him. deals. Masai likes to do deals where after it's done, he just slaps the other general manager in the face. And I think he's like waiting for a trade for OG where afterwards everyone's going to go like, Oh, you, Oh, that much. Oh, it's exciting. We got him. Oh, that's so like, he's waiting for that. He's waiting for that. Yeah. That's what, that's what's giving me pause because I think he thinks he could still get in the off season if he can't get it now. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. It comes down to somebody else. Cause like if they get an offer, that's like disgusting for OG a hundred percent, they're going to take it. Clearly it hasn't happened yet. No, I I agree with you, but I just Good think point. the the West has never been this vulnerable now, top yeah. to bottom. That I think teams are going to be a little extra desperate this year and yeah. be willing to part with some things that they wouldn't be 
because of the the openness of the of the West, which has been usually, you know, it hasn't been like this. Totally. And 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 two two things I'll add too is that um, you know, one uh, Matt Matt, you were bringing up so kind of like uh, you know on the low posts. I think with with Pelton, they were talking about OG. Uh, Scotty and Pascal occupying the, you know, the same space dribbling into the middle sort of thing. Uh, and I, I think it was, that was a really huge point. And, you know, what, what I've been thinking about, like how those guys do that, Pascal, you know, gets into the middle of the point, uh, middle of the, the paint can score, you know, one of the best scorers in the league this year uh, and also can pass out of the double team. So he's, you know, he's pretty sort of like his kind of, you know, uh, a good citizen, right? He's like, he's very contained and amazing. Barnes can get in there. Uh, once he's in there, he can score, you know, like sometimes at some points brilliantly, right? Like, you know, he really, his touch around the basket is insane. And also he's a brilliant passer. OG gets in there and it's kind of like he scores in a difficult way, <laughs> difficult, clumsy way or nothing. Like the, 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 the passing things, not, not really a thing for OG. Like yeah, the gets balance to, thing is also a problem with OG too. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. So I think I think Masai might be looking at that, being like, okay, wait a second. You know, maybe Barnes has come as sort of usurped OG here as far as like what I want to build around long term, and OG's more of a piece. But if people see him as a final piece, uh, let's let, let's go for it. Um, I uh, had I had one other thing. Let's trade Nick Nurse for a first. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, trade Nick Nurse for Rico Hines. Who says no? Whoa, um, Nick Nurse uh, probably says no. Um, <laughs> Rico Hines is like I'm up for the challenge. You know? Um, uh, okay, I'm into let's, it. Man. Uh, let's get go. fucking crazy. Let's get Rafer Olsen to coach the team. Let's let's. I mean, <laughs> I, like, where's Jerry Stackhouse at? I was always so excited about that idea. Oh, Me yeah. too. Stack. Coach Stack. Yeah, you went to the G League, and I'm like, oh man, he's like, you know, we're working him up to be like our head coach, and then he just he went and was assistant somewhere else, and like I was looking at assistant coaches uh, the other day, and I don't know if he's in the league. I don't know where he is. Um, uh, he's. I think he's in uh, NCAA right now. I think he's a head coach somewhere. Oh, okay, cool. Um, sweet. Let's, uh, yeah, let's do some NBA stuff. Uh, Matty D, good sir. Uh, please give me your weirdest weird owl NBA sting. Hey, Mavericks, it's out of your time. Wow. Um, this podcast is just getting more and more alienating as the years go by. It really is. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what Weird Al said. His voice was so, his voice was so strained. <laughs> That's, is, is that Weird Al with the flu? Like, hey, Mavericks, just out of your time. <laughs> I have no idea. Hey, Neighbors. <laughs> It's that you're out of time. I, th- I heard hey he's, neighbors. He's saying, he's saying, Hey Mavericks, it's flat earth time. Okay. <laughs> now that we know that? Yeah. Hey Mavericks, it's flat of your time. He says flatty wow. earth. <laughs> wow. Um, he, uh, like, that's him and Daft Punk, man. I the shit out of that. Did uh, you use AI to make that? Like, what? Hey, no, I call the guy and I just give him ideas. <laughs> yeah, and it's Weird Al. Um, it's a Weird Al robot. Hey, me, Varex. That's, uh, I mean, I feel like <laughs> Chat GPT might 
I might do a better job there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably on like an old shitty AI, one of the first yeah, ones. Yeah, that seems like a Space Jam level website <laughs> you're using. Um, okay, uh, so uh, this is a, a silly segment. Uh, Maddie D, you're going to kick it off here. Oh, dear. Uh, it, it is officially Wodge <laughs> slash Sham season. Um, I don't know if Mark Stein belongs there. I feel like Mark Stein's never right. Um, so I, I don't know what to do with Mark Stein. Um, I mean, Woj is wrong all the time too, though, you know? That's true. Uh, and, and Shams, yeah, is also like, says a bunch of problematic stuff. So whatever, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know what? Um, th- th- that's good. That's good. Good for this question. Yeah, let's get them out of there. Let's get someone new. Yeah, we need someone new, exactly. Uh, I want to know, uh, you know, if you could choose a celebrity, uh, uh, anyone you could think of to break news to the NBA, uh, in, in the role of a watch, in the role of a Shams, um, who would it be and how would they break the news? Matty D, what's up? Okay, mine's a bit of a deep Toronto cut. Okay. Now, this Fly person was a bit of a celeb in the early 2000s, maybe the late 90s. He was a fellow who was shirtless. His name was Xanta. And oh, no. he- Another problematic <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah we have to have they have to be many. a little problematic. <laughs> he uh if you don't know who Santa was, he was this shirtless guy with a Santa hat on and he would do push-ups in public transit in very busy streetcars. I will say I was witness to one. And I want Xanta to be transmitting these trades through his his pom-pom and his Santa hat. I know he's going to be a little out of shape. I'll work with him. I was a trainer 18 years ago. I can get him back into a bit of push-up shape. And and I I want like I want it to be like, "Oh shit, there's a there's a Xanta sighting on the on the King Street car." So people are know that he's going to drop something and then it you know, it comes it comes through the pom-pom and you hear like Kevin Durant for Siakam and bad voice. <laughs> yeah, it's bad voice. Nice. Yeah, it's the weird owl voice again. <laughs> um, I also love that you use the word transmitting. So, uh, so it's like you, you find out who's getting traded. You also get sick. Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's a full body. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. Xanta. Uh, if you're not from Toronto, or if you're a Gen Z. Sorry, um, <laughs> you don't get to know who that is. Um, amazing. Okay, Xanta, good start. Uh, thanks for doing the voice, Maddie. Uh, uh, Pavone, Alex, you, we're we're gonna go to you next. Sorry. You guys, you guys know how Xanta got 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 it going, right? You guys know the Xanta story. How did he get it going? I saw him doing push-ups one day. I go, when this guy's done doing his push-ups, I got to ask him what the hell. He never finished. So I I jump on his back. He does like six with me on top of him. Sure. And I go, Santa, what's going on with you, man? Why why do you act like this? And he said, and he said that he lost his kid and he fell off. He fell off like some ladder and he broke his back and he got, he was paralyzed and he started doing push-ups to get back in uh, the thing, the flow of things. And that's why he did all the push-ups. To, oh and I was God. like ready to make fun of him. I know. And oh. I was like, fuck, Santa, you're inspiring. And then I was like, well, what's with the, you know, the hat? And then he just left. He just walked away. <laughs> yeah. I'll never know. I, I'll you're never only know. getting one answer. I know why he wears the hat. Oh, you do, buddy? We're, yeah. we're piecing this together. Yeah. Well, there was a big article about him that I read. And um, he wore the hat because, <laughs> like, 
he there they, there was a big uh interview with him and everything and uh he wore the hat because his uh daughter um uh he wanted to like look pr- like friendly to his daughter so he wore the santa hat because what's more friendly than santa Claus? <laughs> a lot of mental health issues with the santa story uh it's probably i don't think we should lionize him or demonize Santa. uh in any yeah. way <laughs> yeah, let's just move on from santa um, i mean if you're wearing a santa hat to appear friendly i don't know that's scary a little bit um I know nothing. I, I I was like when I saw this, I was like, "What the hell's going on over here?" For, I, I I don't know what the hell. I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm going to say. I was like Britney Spears because her family took her money. She yeah. used the cash. I have no idea what I was going to say. And then and then now and then Maddie Duncan's is, is dropping Toronto Heat. So I'm like, "Fuck yeah. it, Russell Oliver." How do you like that? You go. <laughs> Think about Russell Oliver for uh, my uh, breaking news guy. That was one of the wow. guys on my list. Russell oh, Oliver, amazing. There it is. You go yeah. get a watch, and he tells you a trade. <laughs> you have to buy. You have yeah. to buy Eglinton yeah. and, and Young or Eglinton and Mount Pleasant. You simply must buy something if you want to. Get the end. Of, end of the story. Um, there it is. Okay, Russell Oliver. This is good shit. Uh, <laughs> McCready, um, who's your guy? Doesn't have to be a super Toronto deep cut. Um, okay, great. Um, so I don't want to sidetrack the conversation, but what about that Dundas Square Jesus guy? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, okay. So, um, yeah, uh, I was thinking we could keep Woj. Woj does a great job of what he does. Everyone hates Woj. He ruined the draft. But what if we put him in a hurricane? He could be like one of those uh, <laughs> reporters. It's like, oh, he's like, oh, the hurricane's going bad. But he's always in a hurricane. We sent him where everyone is in the world. He's still doing his job. So he's always breaking the news with like the fear of death in his eyes. I think that would make it more exciting. Oh, I I think that's a great take. I'd love to see Woj in a hurricane. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, just like, yeah, with like mini kind of Bob, Bar- Bob Barker mic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like with a noodle, so it's flying all over That's the place like, all the time. You maybe can't hear what he's saying, really. <laughs> um, like, really dangerous things are blowing by him. Um, What's the graphic at the bottom? So you don't even need to hear him. There's literally no reason for him to be in the hurricane. Yeah. Uh, but he's there. He's always there. That's good stuff. Wow. Um, knee deep in water, maybe. Who knows? Uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, okay, my guy. Um, I, I was thinking about going with a Toronto person as well, um, but uh, I just went way, <laughs> a, a, a totally different direction with this um, because I, I, I don't know what he would be like. I think he'd be calm, but I think he'd be really weird. Uh, and I want to go uh, Tim Duncan uh, in the oh. middle. Yeah, and he breaks it when like you have to basically there's like a 24-hour footage of him during the deadline LARPing. So he's in some kind of Dungeons and Dragons scenario and he's he's full time LARPing. But every time he takes a break, he like basically is like, oh, yeah, heads up. Like the wizard says um, Chris Paul has been traded for Fred Van Vliet. And then he's like basically puts his like chain mail back on and goes back into the battle. That rules. Um, yeah. So Tim Duncan, the LARPer, that's what I want. Uh, I don't like that he's vanished from the NBA. Uh, I want him in the mix and, you know, in his own weird way. Uh, okay, that's that's my take. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's move on to to this last. Uh, I guess I don't know. Like 
sort of a standard blockbuster trade in a lot of ways, but uh, obviously it's involved. Uh, it involves Kyrie Irving. So nothing standard about it. And I think a lot of factors to this. Uh, I want to start with you, uh, Alex, any direction you want to go. What do you think about this trade? Dude, I have no idea. I mean, the Nets were really what could they have done? They the guy wanted to wanted out. He's insane. Uh, uh, he's an incredible player, but they had to make a move. I think with their backs against the wall, they got a pretty decent return. Uh, mm-hmm. Great wing defender. Uh, Dinwiddie's good. They got picks, so they made out well for what you know what what they could have done, uh, but. Dude, Kyrie and Luca, like, who knows? Like, who they're Luca's so awesome. Kyrie's so talented. Uh, I I would never trust Kyrie personally. I think the guy's a lunatic, and mm-hmm. every his track record shows. You know, he can't ever really make it work. I mean, LeBron, of course, but I mean, it's LeBron. Like, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I I truly have no idea what could set this guy off? He's too, I, I think the Nets win the trade and I think the Nets just uh, out of everything, it's too much of a variable with Kyrie. You don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what's going to happen. I see a lot of people talking about him going to like the JFK thing and trying to investigate who shot him and all this stuff <laughs> and all this, all these hilarious theories of how he could go off the deep end again in Dallas. Um, so you, and, you, and you're like, well, this isn't too far fetched. You never know. So the Nets, I think definitely, uh, made the right choice and, and they got as good as a deal they could have out of it. But also the Mavs had to take a chance too. the Mavs were not doing anything. And who knows, you know, with Kyrie and Luca together, you, they had the high scoring backcourt, they had to take a chance and it could work out well for both of them. So we'll see. Let's, let's get this guy one game. I'm going to Dallas tomorrow and I'm leaving from New York, so maybe maybe he'll be on my flight or something, Kyrie. I don't know. I don't know if he flies Spirit. I doubt it. But, <laughs> I'm, um, sure, I'm sure he does. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he'll be on my flight, and I'll ask him. Yeah, I, I think he'll for sure be on your flight, and you guys can, <laughs> you guys can chat. Um, okay, so many angles to this. Uh, let me just say, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, obviously, uh, Brooklyn receives Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, 2027 second round pick, 2029 first round pick, unprotected, 2029 second round pick. Dallas receives Kyrie Irving, Markeith Morris. Um, yeah, I mean, before I hand it off to McCready, you know, so many angles here. I think you know Dallas's desperation. Uh, you have to imagine Luca approve this trade. Um, for it to happen. Uh, you also have to imagine that Dallas is still feeling the the you know the loss of Brunson. Um, and thinking that, you know, Kyrie can help out there. Uh, also, like, sort of, you know, you zoom in on this trade, and I agree with you, Alex. It's that, you know, Brooklyn did get quite a bit. You zoom out on this trade, and it's like, wow. So this was the four years of Brooklyn. This was Crazy. the KD super team, right? Crazy. Uh, it's over. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's like that Brooklyn's not going to be good this year. I just feel like, this was the the KD left, you know, uh, and 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 Kyrie left uh, the Celtics, and they, they joined forces. Obviously, Harden was a part of it. Now Ben Simmons, just you know, the Brooklyn super team and plus super team fallout. Their last fifteen years have been, you know, I'd say fairly insane. 
Um, and and <laughs> yeah, it's no, hilarious. It's like crazy. it's just wild. Like, um, but I don't know. They might have some like actual structure now. Like you know, it's it's uh, strange. I, I I think they won the trade. Um, I I don't know what to feel about Kyrie with Doncic. Is it sort of like he's you know, they're going to be so unguardable that things are okay for a little while. Yeah. Or does he get in an argument with Cuban and refuse to play? Uh, I do feel like, you know, the, when, if KD did ask for a trade, Brooklyn not trading him, uh, you know, made sense. Uh, and I think Kyrie's a different beast, right? If he, if he asks for something, and he doesn't get it. Like he's, he's shown that he's willing to, do whatever he wants, you know, team be damned. Uh, McCready, what's your, what's your take, uh, you know, or it takes on this, uh, this trade. I don't think it's unlikely that Kyrie Irving ends up figuring out who shot JFK. I think that is a very probable, <laughs> if not inevitable conclusion to this saga. And we're all going to look pretty silly for doubting him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the world is flat. Uh, anywho, um, so, yeah, I don't know what to say about this trade. I don't have too strong of feelings. I obviously, I mean, the Brunson thing is so funny. I mean, you could you could uh, have a debate on who's the better player between Brunson and Irving, but I mean, Brunson's the more valuable asset. If New York wanted to move Brunson and his contract, they'd be able to get at least a few first round picks from him. He's tied up for a while, and he shoots like. 48 to 50% from the field. And he's a gr- good playmaker, great character guy, um, stout defensively, you know? Uh, so like what a disaster to like, I mean, they could have added a couple more. They could have kept Brunson. They could have just offered him the max, uh, kept Brunson, Brunson added a little bit more than what they traded for uh, Irving here and added like OG and Anobi to this team. And you would have mm-hmm. OG Brunson and Luca and like, what a, interesting team that is immediately you know like that's a true contending type of team and you would still have finney smith and you could you know you'd have other things too anyway uh, a bit of a disaster there uh yeah. no you're right man just crazy uh yeah and uh when it comes to brooklyn it's like i don't know it's fine i mean uh did what he's having a decent season and they get that unprotected mm-hmm. first and you know if luca decides he's had enough of this team if the thing explodes that first round pick might end up being a pretty damn good first round pick way down the line so kudos to brooklyn uh alvita zen uh uh dallas mavericks wait say, say that last part one more time uh can we get weird al to say it oh in dallas mavericks <laughs> okay um yeah weird al, uh, mavericks. <laughs> huge huge uh, Yo, one more thing that just a recent development in this trade is addition by subtraction cam thomas is now got ooh. the keys a little bit and he's went back to back with what 44 and 47 i regardless it was Mm -hmm. he's he's awesome he is has you know the green light now and you know that's another that's another pro in this trade i know it just it just happened a couple days ago it's been two games but i mean if if that shows that he he could he's he's awesome he's awesome yeah, Cam Thomas uh, broke a record over two games. No one's ever scored 91 points while passing the ball zero times. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out Cam Thomas. Uh, and, and to anyone who doesn't pass the ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, uh, I 
played a, a, a rec basketball game. Uh, I'm in this league uh, last night and we played like the, the team where it's just people who sign up. Um, so they, they don't oh, know each yeah. other and they, they all did not pass to one another and we're all yelling at each other on defense. And it was pretty hilarious. Um, did you win? We did win, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first half was pretty close, though, because there's a kid, a guy with a backwards hat who kept shooting from like half and hitting it. Um, yeah, he was cool. Uh, is this a, a meet, is this a meetup group that joined the basketball league? How, how do you? They just signed up with no friends. And just- yeah, it's like the independent team. This is like the, it's like the G League Unite. Um, so some of the guys were sick, actually. Well, there's one guy. Who's like, it's and obviously the people who don't pass are also the people that don't have friends. So it's yeah, so likely course. that they end up together. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. There's character issues when you're signing up for a rec basketball league. So they all head out, get on motorcycles, peel off. <laughs> <laughs> um okay guys, that's uh that's the pot. Thank you both so much for joining. Um yeah, thanks everyone who's been listening, supporting. Uh and um yeah, I was away for my honeymoon for, for two weeks and then I got sick, so uh, we will be more consistent from here on out. Uh, so uh, apologies there, but uh, I'll get Maddie D to come in and uh, we, we can plug some stuff. First, let me go to you Pavone. Um, what's up? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you're performing all over the place. Um, you know, please. Yeah. P- p- plug your shit. What's going on? Um, I'm uh, just Mr. Alex Pavone, P-A-V-O-N-E on uh, Instagram. And yeah, no, I'm doing shows. I'm going to Dallas. Uh, hopefully I run into Kyrie. Like I said, at LaGuardia. And uh, we could ask him some questions. And and that's it. I'm just uh, doing shows and that's it. Thanks for having me, buddy. And congratulations on uh, not the sickness, on the on the honeymoon. Oh, thanks, man. It was no fun. Worries, man. Um, yeah, shout out to Puerto Rico. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> McCready, what's up? Uh, hey. What's going what do you want to plug? Hit Congratulations us on the sickness, Freddie. I know you like tearing down your body from the inside out. So uh, keep it up, baby. Uh, yeah. So um, as usual, I'm uh, working with my clown prov guys, which are half clown, <laughs> half improvisers. Uh, we're taking over Dundas Square uh, over the course of the uh, May long weekend. Uh, we're all dressing up as uh, hungry, hungry hippos. And we're grabbing people as they try to cross the crosswalk. Uh, where whoever eats the most humans, like, like not literally eating them but yes. using the power of mime improv and clown uh eating them whoever does that over the course of the weekend uh gets a slot in the toronto fringe festival uh <laughs> if you don't know what the toronto fringe festival is it's a <laughs> fucking amazing festival there's never been a bad show in it <laughs> there's cheap cheap tickets but top flight entertainment oh. Uh, amazing. What's funny is that McCready actually does have so many legitimate things to plug, but listen, <laughs> check out the Hungry Hippo show, Dundas Square, Fringe Festival, always a lock. Um, In May. Uh, Matt Duncan. Yeah, May long weekend, guys. Get out there. <laughs> May long. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> three months from now. Sick. Um, okay. Matty D, what's up? Uh, hit people with the good stuff. Yeah, thanks for listening. Go to raptorsrepublic.com for all the articles that you can read and all the other podcasts are on the Rapcast on your favorite podcatcher. If you watch this on YouTube, uh, you can listen to the full episode on the Rapcast. So check that out. And yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the live show. And we'll see you when this fucking trade shit's done. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking sick of it. Oh, Christ. (laughs) 
sick of it. They gotta, they gotta trade. The, they gotta change the the trade deadline to this this trade shit. I like that way better. I like that way better. Um, are we I'm still sure. live? It's still in the corner there. Are we still on here? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're on. still on here. Uh, this this is Maddie D losing it on here. <laughs> I hope you I hope you stuck around. He's about to snap. Okay. Uh, we, again, we're done. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Maddie D, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me those words. I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. Thank you.